uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, we wouldn't have got to 900 without patrons. Really, like a show, like I'm not kidding. There's people that have been supporting the show since the beginning of the Patreon, and I literally could not, like there would be no sleep with me uh, if, if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and uh, patrons, let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake uh, thoughts you know so things on your mind that you're thinking about uh, from the past present or future usually for me it's like thinking about stuff in the future that has related to that could happen in the future that's because of the past uh, that I need right now to th- like very little present except for presently you need to think about this stuff uh, and really remember it in visceral detail so thoughts, so those are some thoughts that go through my mind. Feelings, emotions could come up from those thoughts. They could just be there from the day or long, you know, they could just be there. Uh, emotions uh, are another way to say it. Uh, and then physical sensations uh, that, that could be keeping you up. Uh, it could be other stuff too, changes, noises, work routine, life routine, Maybe too much poutine. You know, you say, oh boy, I had too much of that poutine. Is that how you say it, poutine? I, I, suddenly I'm like, oh boy, did I say that incorrectly? I don't know. Maybe that would probably help you falsely so say that's a comfort food, Scoots. I say, oh boy, it is, I think. Uh, but so whatever's keeping me awake, it could be any of those things. It could be something else. Uh, what I'm here to do is create a safe place and take your mind off of that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to smooth the safe place. I'm going to pat the safe place. I'm going to rub it down. All in enticing, inviting, motive, you know, like uh, you say, oh, boy, that looks like Scoots is putting some work in there. Create a real nice, safe place. Uh and then what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky. Pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I'll go off topic. Uh, you know, I'll go on tangents and uh, then, you know, get distracted uh, and lots of filler words and stuff like that. So let me see if you're new. I'm here to keep you company while you drift off is the summary of really my job. Well, first, my first job, if you're new, is to earn your trust or your mild. Uh, I'm gonna, I want to earn your trust in such a way that you forget I'm here. Talk about trustworthy. But in a way, you say, well, like, uh, like, like almost like, well, yeah, I don't need to really think about you at all. How come there's not more relationships like that? Uh, you see, tell me about, like, maybe that would be a little bit, well, what are you looking for? Well, someone that forgets I'm around, most, except when I, you know, of course there's times I would like to be remembered. But when I say I'm your boyfriend or your boar bay or your boar cuz or your boar sib or your boar bestie, 
That's really what I'm looking for in our relationship here is to say, well, just forget I'm there. Don't, don't even bother acknowledging me. And then I'll be, that'll make me very happy. That would be a passive aggressive way. Usually Nana's say that. Oh, just don't pretend I'm here at all. Except when I groan in displeasure at what you're, you know, that you're not acknowledging me. And all the, oh, and don't pay attention to the advice I give you. Oh, no, no, no. That's what the Nana in my mind says pretty much 24 hours a day. But I've learned to, to prioritize other voices. Because she doesn't really mean that, right? She says, oh, no, don't listen to what I said about you, about first grade, second grade, third. Don't. Oh, no. Don't think about what I'm talking to right in your ear. Just ignore me. But she really means pay full attention because uh, by going and saying hello to someone, uh, it could unlock total consequence for the universe. Okay, but what was my point? Uh, let's see. If you're new, don't pay any attention to me. That's the first thing about this podcast. It's a podcast you barely need to listen to. So you can kind of let me be background noise. I say, I want to be your background noise. Uh, that's like, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not looking for it to be the number one person. You say, what are the podcasts you can't forget about? And then you make a list and you say, oh, I forgot about Sleep With Me. Listen to that 8,000 hours last year. Totally forgot. That's when I say, well, if you listen to, I don't like if you forgot about me, but you actually use the podcast, no problem. Now that you remembered, spread the word, but cool. So it's a podcast you don't need to listen to. And that's really the best way if you're new. It's, I know there's a temptation to pay attention or wait for the podcast. You say, when's it getting started? I say, well, I'm here. I'm here keeping you company right now. So it's a podcast that never really gets started and Peter's, you know, but once it gets going, it Peter's out right after that. And most of the time I'm chasing around Peter's, I'm saying, does Peter have a cottontail? Like, because uh, I'm trying to catch up with it. Because I saw, there goes, where goes Peter's cottontail? Like, which way is a bunny trail? Because I don't know, I don't even know what to look for in a bunny trail. Also, are there that many bunnies around here that use the same, that no one else uses that trail? It's just a bunny trail? Okay, so don't pay attention. Barely listen to me. That's one thing. The other thing is there's a lot of sleep podcasts now, but this is the one sleep podcast that's not here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company. That's really my job. I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff, and ideally you drift off like at your leisure. So I'm here to take your mind off stuff. And then if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here either way. So you say, well, I can't sleep. I'm saying, no problem. I'll be here before you tonight. I'll be talking about stuff uh, and distracted by Peter's cottontail and my Nana. Is there any like sort of plant called the Peter's cottontail or like a coral? They say, oh yeah, that coral structure is known as the Peter's cottontail or Peter's cottontail. There's got to be, right? I got Peter Cott. You say, what was that? What was it uh, when they put out that new uh, version of that game with the person with the red light nose oper- operator? Uh, what They said operator 2.0. There was Peter Scottentail. They say, you got to get that out of there with the, the, the tweezers. Okay, so 
I thought, oh, so don't listen to me. I'm here to barely put you to sleep, to take your mind off stuff, to be your bore bud. And that's why it shows about an hour, to give you plenty of time to drift off. So those are two things to know. The other things to know, oh, structure of the show. That's another good thing for you to know. And it's interesting because this is episode 900. I think probably it's episode 900. Not 100% sure about that. And this structure of the show has developed over 900 episodes since 2013. It's slowly evolved to this, very slowly. Though if you're new or you listen to old episodes, you say, well, some people it feels the same. Some people it feels like a very big difference. But the show hopefully is always getting, it's like microscopically getting better. And you'd say, Scoots, is there something smaller than a microscopic improvement? And I'd say, yeah, probably like a, Electron, me like uh, electron microscopically getting better. Okay, that fits more. Yes, our show's like uh, we take we take the the microscopic analogy uh, down to the electron and the way I pr- improve things. You know, one day I'll put it together enough electrons that you'll say, "Holy cow! You got yourself." Uh, some sort of, I don't know, you, you might have enough to spin them around something. I say, don't worry, there's infinite dark matter in there, maybe. So, oh, oh, so the structure of the show, it's slowly developed, but it, it definitely can throw people off. So if you're thrown off or you're skeptical or you're doubtful, totally normal reaction. Because this podcast is so different and structurally it's different. show starts off with a greeting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. And even that slowly developed around the show because I want everybody to feel seen and welcome. So, you know, okay, this is this person's trying to make a safe place. So that's one. Then there's business. That, that's the way. So you say, oh, it's free, too. So I don't have to pay for, uh, like, a, it's optional. This is what you say. This podcast actually works for millions of people, and it's optional to pay for it uh, versus being behind a paywall or something because of the sponsors. So, so sponsors are next. We do the business up front. That's like a few minutes. Then there's about a 12 to 20-minute section I call the intro, which we're like 10 minutes into now. So it's a little late to tell you that, but... uh where I explain what the podcast is, and it takes me a long time, and it introduces you to the creaky dulcet tones, the pointless meanders, the superfluous tangents, me, my, you know, I come with a lot of stuff. I'm a bit different. So you can kind of get a sense. Uh, you say, okay, this podcast is a bit different. <laughs> like this, yeah, I don't know. What's the opposite of an electron microscope? When you say a bit different, I think you you spend too much time on your electron microscopic improvements. So, oh, but so that's the intro. The intro for the new listener is supposed to introduce you to it. But it also is like this podcast doesn't work for everybody, but it also takes a while to get used to. So out of the, all those regular listeners, most of them said, hey, it took two or three tries for me to get used to the podcast. So kind of see how it goes. But then as you become a regular listener, like 2% of regular listeners skip the intro. They start the show at 20 minutes, and they just go from there. But 98 97% of the rest of the listeners, they use the intro in different ways. 
but it kind of serves the same purpose. It's either part of their wind-down routine or their falling-asleep routine. So some people start it before they get into bed. Some people start it while they're at work, while they need a break. Some people start it in bed, but it eases you into bedtime, drifts you away from the day. So that's the idea of the intro. Then there's business between the intro and the show. That's just uh, how podcasts are structured. So that's uh, the that. Then tonight we'll be doing a 900 look back. We'll just look at a, a type of episode we've done, real-time recipes. And we'll just take a look back at like uh, those type of shows in a fun way. So it'll be real, like a bedtime story based on... Uh, like, like not a recap show, but a look back show, but really you could sleep right through it. But if you don't, if you can't sleep, I'll be here and be mildly interesting. And then the show closes with some thank yous and good nights because, uh, those are the people that made it possible to be here. And I appreciate that. So that's the structure of the show. I think that's it for new listeners. Like, yeah, like I said, I kind of grow on you. You know, when you, like, I don't know if trees say this, but they say, well, that moss is pretty nice. So that's grown on me like moss. Took forever. At first, you know, the other tree said, yo, what's that green stuff growing on you? Did you uh, step on a frog or something? They said, no, I'm a tree. I've been here, you know, 800 years. Oh, well, you got some green, like, uh, fur growing on you. What, on the east side or the west side or the north side or the south side? I don't know. I'm a tree. Do I look like I have a compass? I, I mean, I know, but I'm being humorous. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what they – and you say, you say, well, I can't I can't see it. What's it on my, my rear? can't turn around. Uh, also, I'm a tree, so I don't really have uh, ocular input devices or whatever those humans call those things, or birds have them too. But then, you know, I don't know if trees' time passes like for elves or something, but then you say, wow, this has a lot of good properties. One, I got a whole other biome going, gives me somebody to talk to, cooling, nice to, you know, nice to touch. Uh, you know, leprechauns go and take naps on it uh, sometimes, which is, you know, interesting, good to watch and listen to. And sprites uh, do too, and some other forest friends. So that's cool. And it gives me some, you know, I don't know, it gives me some flair, like from that movie. You say, well, now I have, like, I got moss. Uh, so I don't know. So that's a plus. I don't know how we got there with moss. Uh, I really have no idea where that came from. Oh, I'll eventually, for, for most listeners, I grow on them. <laughs> In in their sense of taste, that's a metaphor. But for some people, they just don't like the podcast or me. You don't have to give it a second try, but I would say give it a few tries just to see if it helps. Because I make the show, I made the show 900 episodes. So that's probably somewhere maybe eighteen to 20,000 hours I've worked just just on the production side of the show. I'm just guessing but that's probably around at least 18,000 hours. Uh, I make it, I put that effort in because I care, because I've been there. I know how it feels in the deep, dark night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, all those things. 
And so that's one reason. And the other reason is you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve some rest, whether it's this podcast or something else, like fans, another sleep podcast, you know, meditation, whatever it is. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place of respite. And the world needs that. We need you rested so that you can flourish and live your life more fully. And it just will be better for everybody. Uh, if you know, if you if you got a little more space to be you, so that's why I make the show. So I really hope it can help you, but it doesn't work for everybody. So give it a few tries. I really appreciate you checking the show out, and then to everyone that's been here, whether you started the show in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, or 20, or you're listening in 2021 or 2022, what up? I hope it's uh, it's uh, sweet out there. You know, thank you so much. I'm so happy I get to help you, and thank you for helping me. I've grown and changed as a person uh, a lot. Uh, I've slowly, again, whatever's less than an electron microscope, improved uh, who I am because of the example you as a listener set for me with your kindness and support. And this really does feel like one of those rare two-way streets, uh, I guess like the tree and the moss. You could be the tree, I'll be the moss. Or you could be the moss, I could be the tree. And uh, wherever, I I guess if I was a tree, then my Nana would live up there. She'd be some sort of bird or something. Or squirrel. So I'm glad you're here. Again, appreciate your time. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive because I want to put you to sleep. And here's a couple ways I'm able to do that for you twice a week. All right, everybody, it's Scoots here, and this is, a, you know, once again, you're in my future. Oh, boy, are you in my future. So good to see you there, uh, future, your future, you're, you're in the future. I hope you're comfortable and uh, snuggled in. So this probably, see, I don't know, because you're in the future. You know so much more than me. I mean, you probably did in my present anyway, but... uh I'm I'm hoping this is episode 900 that you're listening to, and that's a pretty big milestone. You know, it's not as big as 500 or a thousand. Uh, you see, but it's, it's definitely well. You say technically it is bigger than 500. Scoots, I say, well, yeah, but 500 is like one of those numbers. And you say, well, what do you celebrate after that? And they say, well, every to every episode is a celebration for me. But it's pretty cool. I can't believe, I mean, to be honest, that I made 900 episodes. And for these zero zero episodes, I do like to take a look back and say, huh, what have we, what have we come up with? Well, let's take a journey back to the past. And it, I had to pause the recording, everybody, a little behind the scenes because I couldn't find my list here. But I wanted to take a journey into the past, uh, uh, to something we haven't done a review of looking back at one style of episode that wasn't a series or something. So it's going to talk a little bit about, this is a very popular one, uh, style of episode that we probably looks like, uh, maybe do once a year, maybe twice a year, uh, maybe twice a year, sometimes, uh, maybe once a year. And, uh, uh, that's real time recipes. And so it's, it's been a little, let's see, it's been about 60 episodes, uh, or 59 episodes. So it looks like the last one we did was 841. I don't think I've recorded one 
because they like I don't necessarily record all of these episodes in the order they're released uh, currently. So I wanted to talk a little bit about where real time recipes came from. Talk a little bit about where the status of it right now. And actually, like, I'm trying to connect with somebody, so that'll be interesting. You're in the future. I wouldn't, we can't make any announcements about this, but trying to partner with somebody so that over the next few, few years, we still are, we still have them coming out. So this will be a little behind the scenes, and then we'll kind of run through and think about some of these I've actually cooked recently, and then other, like some of these older episodes. I said, wow, I just made that. Uh, and kind of intentionally, not for this episode, but I said, hey, it's been a while since I made that. Uh, I used to make that all the time, and I ta- even talked about it on the podcast. So we'll run through them, and I think this will be fun. It'll be a nice little episode. It'll be a nice little look back, very sleepy, because plenty of room for me, Anders. So if you're new, uh, we have a style of episode we, was episode we call Real-Time Recipes, and... It, uh, uh, oh, actually, you know what? Like, you could, okay, I got a friend coming over that, uh, uh, like, uh, to, like, uh, so let me talk to, to, like, uh, they're gonna listen in on me talk. Hey, okay. Hey, you, so they're gonna listen in. On, hey, so, uh, okay, so I'm glad you're here, uh, so I can tell you, I'm talking to you, listener. They're listening into my conversation, though, because they wanted to be here. Uh, to just listen in on me. So, um, okay, so uh, it's my imaginary. It's Don't worry, it's an imaginary friend anyway. Okay, so real t- as you know, but if you're new, you might not know that. Like uh, that. So there's a new, so real-time recipe is a style of episode where it's kind of like a bit like a cooking show. And the genesis of it, like, so back when I started the podcast, I had no idea one that I would even make 10 episodes, much less 900 episodes. Uh, but it also, like, the one of the things about making a podcast that comes out like 100 times a year is you have to have, you constantly are in a state of, uh, like, production, pre-production and pre-pre-production, like, brainstorming. Uh, but that also like it creates like th- it keeps things fluid and it keeps things moving and there's a, a, like a bit of a you know there's like a lot of thought that goes into that but also it does create a freedom to test stuff out and say okay I wonder if this would work on a sleep podcast and then how could we really make it sleep with me and fun for the listener so. At some point, like once upon a time, there was like, uh, I said, well, you know, there's like TV shows, like, so there's like the, um, there's a couple different types of shows. So we'll mention them all. There's late night shows, then there's uh, midday shows, like, and then there's morning new, like, like soft news shows that either come on after, like, at 9 a.m. Or there's local news shows and the soft sections of the local news. And a lot of those will have cooks on there. And actually, even my cousin Matt has been on there when he, like, at different times at different restaurants he was running. I saw him on his local news saying, well, here's how we make this. Uh, But, like, always it's like a four-minute segment, whether it's on, like, a famous, like, late-night show or a show like Ellen 
uh, where the person comes and they say, well, yeah, how are you going to make, uh, like, uh, you know, olive tepin yada yada, uh, the, like, uh, like you say, okay, well, it's a, actually like, a, it's a really simple recipe, but it they only get like six minutes to prepare something. So they have different, for the most part, they're doing it and they say, okay, first thing you do is chop up all this stuff. I mean, this isn't like a cooking show, like, like Carla or something would have, uh, where they're showing you, they're giving you a vague sense of creation. And this even this went on before the internet. So now you'd say, okay, we'll just go to our website to learn more and get the recipe there or watch the full video. Uh, but back then, I guess like the most and newest thing would be like those videos by Tasty and stuff where there's not even words. There's just ingredients getting, they say, oh, here's a cup of eggs, drop it in there. So you're saying, okay, it makes it look so easy, which is not necessarily that it isn't easy, but it's just like they're doing more magic. They say, oh, and here's like, uh, you know, the tapenyad that's been yada. And you say, well, what is it? Was uzu, 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 yuzu, um, that gives it the first yada. We soak it for 12 hours. So I always was struck, even as a kid, by how... This was more of an entertain. It was entertaining on a an entertainment level, and then having them interact, you know, or like you know the, the comedy comedy shows, like especially when I was a kid, it was like Letterman or Conan. They'd be goofing, like they'd be goofing around, and maybe they're having fun, or maybe the chef's like a big personality. So, like you say, okay, this is more for entertainment and not utility. So then I said, well, when I started making sleep with me, I said, well, wouldn't it be interesting? Like they could never do that, but they say, okay, well, it's just like, it would be interesting though to say, well, what do you want to talk? So, uh, Ellen, what do you want to talk about while the water boils? You say, well, this is a TV show. We only have 30. And say, okay, well, so tell me about, uh, like, it would just be interesting to me. Uh, because, uh, but it wouldn't work because you say, well, we got it. It just, it's just not realistic. Cause you say, well, how long is that going to be in the oven? 45 minutes. And they say, well, okay, we'll tell the network we're stretching the show out an extra 30. And what do you want to play? You want to play some cards or we could get out a game and play it while it cooks. Uh, you say, oh no, we got to chop the green onions up, uh, and the ginger, and then, yeah, then we could play a game, but also we have to stay by the oven because you got to keep an eye and also the, you know, whatever you're doing that. So I became fascinated by this idea of like, well, could we do a cooking show in real time? And it looks like it was within the first, uh, it was like, uh, towards when the podcast started to reach, uh, its first level of maturity because right around somewhere between 100 and 150 was when the podcast kind of started to say, okay, like started to become what it would, what you're listening to now. The first 100, 150 episodes are, or even the first like four or 500 were like uh, all a part of the process, even the last 500 after that. Like a process of tiny refinements and stuff like that. But so... I said, okay, I'd like that idea. That would be fun to try out. Uh, and they say, okay, so how's it going to work? And I don't, I have not listened to some of these episodes, and a lot of these episodes just aren't available at this time. 
though hopefully at some point uh, we'll be able to offer patrons some of these episodes. It was just not just some technological hurdles right now. But so, what was my point? Um, oh, so like uh, I haven't listened to them, so I don't know. Uh, like if they had what, what the kind of sequences are now and then how it's changed. I mean, one of the most important things, like there's a couple uh, things that I think are key to the real-time recipe episodes that are important uh, and I see as a cornerstone. So one is that you're the dinner guest and you're the most important guest uh, and you've come over and we're going to prepare a meal together. And I think, like, that's, like, an important part of, uh, like, this idea of sharing meals and cooking together. And cooking is this form of socialization. And then, again, like, uh, right when I'm recording this, you know, something we're all, like, uh, saying, oh, well, we got to do this on Zoom or over the phone or whatever. Or, you know, with my parents, uh I signed them up for HelloFresh at the beginning of this year, and now I'm so grateful I did that because now I get to, like, hear about their adventures in cooking. So while we can't share a meal, like, I feel like I'm sharing in their meal and the creation of their meal or hearing about it. You know, it's still a story that we can share with one another and connect about. So, um... That's one of the cornerstones of the real-time recipe episodes is, like, okay, you're coming over... You're my guest to cook dinner. Still, for the most part, they take place in my old apartment. And there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, One, that's where they started. Two, my old apartment didn't have a front. Like, my my bedroom was in front of the front door. So I never used the front door. You couldn't use the front door. Because actually, my dresser was where the door was. Um, So it was just the back door, which went out to, like, a the parking for the four apartments and a little grassy area. And it had good light at the dinner time part of the day, depending on where the light was. And it was just like a boxy kitchen, not very big, but big enough. Uh, I don't know. I just always liked that kitchen. It didn't have, it wasn't definitely not a fancy kitchen, but, uh, I don't know. I, I just like, I guess I lived there for a long time. And it was like when the podcast came to life and uh, grew out, you know, matured. So, so I always picture it there versus where I live now, which even though I've been where I am now two years, uh, I say, wait a second. Like, uh, I don't know. So, like, uh, that's one thing is the setting. So, the one thing is you're my guest. Then the second thing, and I don't know when this started, was we would go to the store together. And that was always a big part of it. And it still kind of is. It's something I struggle with because we usually go to TJ's and we would give TJ's all this free advertising. And, you know, I'm a human being. I was very spurned like that uh, TJ started its own podcast and invested in making its own podcast and what won't sponsor podcasts because I think it'd be a win-win for everybody. Uh, so, so, so it's like, like just part of my humanness, uh, that I'm not perfect. I said, well, I'm not going to say like, uh, it was like another thing that kind of like tainted it for me where I said, okay, can we still go to TJ's? Cause I'm feeling like, uh, uh it's a one way relationship. Like I pay you like, uh, but now I miss TJ's. I think I've only been three times in six months. Well, that's actually, no, it was seven, so five months, three times in five months, maybe, maybe four, but, uh, 
So I miss you. I do. I miss you so much, TJs. Uh, oh, that's for Trader Joe's. Uh, like, uh, and that's just because of line right now. I say, well, I don't have uh, quite the leeway in my schedule to like wait in line and then shop. Uh, it just pushes my shopping time. And also like, oh, well, so, um, but I always thought that was really, like a really fun element was like shopping as we're friends for the ingredients. I really like it for a sleep podcast because it, uh, offers the opportunity to kind of float through a place that's familiar, but everybody's grocery store and TJ's is different. But when I make the show, man, my TJ's for real, I mean, in my mind, and so it's really gives me uh, like a depth, uh, immersive depth that I can be walking in there and narrating it uh, like mentally. Like, so I'm in a theater, like I'm creating a theater of the mind and I'm in a theater of the mind, I guess, at the same time. And that kind of nesting thing always works well for sleep with me. It's like, uh, like you want to have this reality you're seeing, I'm seeing through fogged up glasses almost, and then I'm describing it to you. So that was always an important element. And then my personal, and then like where real life hits, like you say I had like a crushy poo on a, someone I see there, like that would be part of, that became part of it just to, through natural development. So that was fun. But then they kind of, st- I said, well, no one, no, they, they, like, uh, I, I don't know, I kind of struggled with that. Also, I didn't have any crushes on anybody for a while uh, there. So I said, okay. But I said, probably, maybe, I don't know. It was always something I was like, I don't know how, like, uh, like comfortable I am with this. Uh, but it was something a lot of people related to, especially the awkward, my awkwardness. Because I never talked to anybody have a crush on at the store anyway. So it didn't really matter. So he said, okay, so that, that was an important part. And then the, 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 the cooking of the meal kind of morphed because they say, okay, well, how long were we at the grocery store? But I think the purchasing and gathering of ingredients, uh, I don't know, make, make, makes for a nice segment. And, and like having these segments, uh, I guess, like makes it more barely entertaining. Where if we were just waiting for water to boil... When, I, I don't know, it's not as appealing for me say, well, I'm not sure if that structurally works for a silly podcast. Because then if we would have to create another structure, because believe it or not, like to, to do this, it has to be a lot. There has to be structure uh, for me to operate uh, meanders in between. So again, it like offers, like I say, okay, in this segment, that could be anywhere from five minutes to 25 or 30 minutes of the shopping segment. Then there's the, the prep segment and, uh, the prep segment has always kind of been, well, let's see how it goes. And then there was the delivery segment or the, the uh, we never really ate uh, at all. But at some point pretty early on, there became, uh, like where it was like guests would come particularly guess 80s movie and TV stars would show up. Not exactly sure. I know we had a John Hughes tribute dinner when John Hughes went to the big farm. I think Christopher Lloyd and Justin McElroy came one time. Uh, cast a young, uh, young squirt, squirt, water, water spray. Uh, who never had the cast of hairspray? Holy cow! Can you imagine if John Waters was in? That would be pretty dreamy. 
uh, President Gooseberry. Um, I don't know, like, because I didn't write that down, so I don't even know other than those ones. Uh, I think Bo Bacon probably showed up, or some of the Bacon brothers, maybe. So that's like, so that's like a short segment, the like arrival of the mystery guest, and then the, the like the last interaction while the meal is finalized and served. So those are always the segments, and it's always been something I really like doing, but it does bring up a couple things that are interesting about producing a sleep podcast and doing it for, for since 2013 and trying to keep it going and trying to keep the material going, but also being respectful and organized. Like, all these things have all these little parts, right? Because one thing I get is like... Uh, and this is a perfectly normal and natural thing. It's like uh, people have their favorite episodes and they kind of say, well, geez, why can't every episode be like that? Or why can't every, like every, like a lot of episodes be like that? And I'm the same way, you know, I like stuff and I like, like have the same tendency, but from the producing side, like, so say, well, why can't you, there be 12 real time recipe episodes? This is like an imaginary thing, but I, I'm going to present it in that way. Say, why can't there be 12 real-time recipe episodes or six real-time recipe episodes a year? And I say, well, there's a couple reasons. One is, like, there is a sweet spot where what your favorite is is not necessarily everybody's favorite. Real-time recipe episodes are very popular, but there's some people they don't enjoy them. Like, uh, so my duty is kind of to keep a bam, my duty, hey, yeah, yeah, keep it away from dinner time, Scoots. I'll keep my duty away from dinner time. I just won't mention it again, but uh, it's, it's to like make sure to make the best sleep podcast I can at the time, uh, and then keep it the keeping it coming in varietals, so I can say okay and adjust as needed. Uh, so I say okay. Well, we can't have. There's a couple of reasons we can't have the repeating stuff too often. It creates two things. One, the people it doesn't work for. It doesn't work for. So I have to be respectful of that. But also I have to make 100 podcast episodes a year. Uh, and in this, if people would say, Stoots, you really need to do that. I say, well, one thing listeners might not know is like the newest episode every time pretty much is what covers like uh, like does the lifting for all the other episodes that are out there for free. It kind of like... Uh, it's just kind of right now how digital creation works, depending on where you are. It's like the the newest episode, like, uh, ideally helps cover the cost of key, of all of the other distribution of all the other episodes or whatever. So a lot of times when I say, oh, well, why, like, I say, well, it's just part of making the show, like, it's just part of keeping the show going. Is uh, and I, I don't know. I like the challenge of making a hundred episodes a year, or ninety episodes, or whatever we're at right now. But now I forgot. My, oh, so it's like I, I don't know, like, uh, like, like, uh, what? How many? So it's like I got to keep things spread out for me because otherwise I would get burned out. And I say I can't do any more real time recipe episodes. Like I think I had to take a period where I just took a I like I needed a break from my relationship with TJ's. And I said, well, I just need a break now. You know, uh, you know, I've been paying for dinner every single time I come here. And, uh, you know, you never, you know, you never offer even to pay the bill. 
They said, well, we're a grocery store, sir. And they say, and they say, well, we gave you a bunch of free, you know, you used our grocery store for free material and you enjoy our groceries. I say, okay, I just need a break then. Anyway, I see what you're saying. You have a valid point, but I need a break for a little while. And I think we did take a break in there, maybe permanent. I don't even know because I haven't listened to any of these episodes. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is like, uh, so there's just like keeping things like from being repetitive for me or for the listeners is something I factor in. Then it's just like planning and pre-production and those kind of things. And then like, uh, like some things are planned out, like Tuesday episodes are the least sketched out, like where I have to do a lot more planning for the the thurs, uh, the the written episodes and the TV show episodes uh, I have to do more forecasting for. So it's like, oh, I'm forecasting, oh, how many episodes, what months are those falling in? So the Tuesday episodes give me like a little bit of like a, a breather where some weeks they say, okay, let's just record our Tuesday episode. What's it going to be? I don't know. Uh, like, let's just, like, what are we going to do? Well, let's record in a half hour. Well, let's do a Carol. Okay, we'll do a Carol King episode. Like, because uh, otherwise, I don't know, it's just part of the production process. And that gives me a little bit of a breather where a lot of the other stuff it has to be, like, uh, it's siloed in a different way. The other thing is that I've only done recipes that I've cooked on my own, that I, not that I've invented, but I've made my own. So they aren't recipes that I've taken from someone else that may be their property. And that's important to me because they say, well, even if it's a vague ownership, I don't want to repurpose someone's recipe unless I've been cooking it for years. And I say, well, it doesn't even resemble what the recipe was. Now, maybe we'll change that in the future. I don't know, but we'll see. But, uh, and that also limits me because they say, okay, like I'm only going to do real time recipe episodes about food I cook. I eat like a few times a year that I really enjoy, that I'm excited to share of recipes I've made my own. And again, this isn't a call for recipes because it can't, that's like, again, goes back to the, like, I just don't have a, the, like, uh, the workflow to take inbound recipes because I'd say, well, I'd have to ask my lawyer about it. Uh, and then I'd have to org Like I just don't have the inbound capacity to do that. Uh, though I appreciate it. If you want, you say, well, I give, I'll give you recipes. I say, yeah, thank you. But, uh, it, the, like, it's not that I wouldn't want them. It's just that there's not, a, I don't have, uh, just not possible. So, uh, that's another limitation. And also it's a limitation because it's only possible for me to create a bedtime story sleepy thing. If I'm like, uh, I have it deep within my mind, like the pathways that recipe are really well established. So that re limits the releases or why it's been released, uh, like the way it has, though it looks like in the past, uh, well, yeah, it's a, like, a, I don't know, at some point we started putting out 100 episodes versus 150 episodes. And also, like, when I first did this, I had plenty of recipes. Uh, and I say, okay, those are all the recipes that I cook on a regular basis so that I don't, that aren't somebody else's recipe. So I think that's it, more or less. Uh, so let's run through some of these and just take a look at... Uh, 
uh, and see how it goes. So the first one I think we did was episode 118, so real blast from the past, and that was flatbread pizza. And this is a recipe that I've had in 2020, but not recently, probably somewhere January, February, maybe March, but I'm thinking February 2020, because I was helping take care of somebody, and I think I made it at their house uh, in February or January. And it's flatbread pizza. It's all, it's very simple, very effective, very tasty one. And basically, you're taking Trader Joe's Lavash, either whole wheat or non-whole wheat, but I say go with the whole wheat. Uh some sort of pizza sauce or spaghetti sauce even. Uh, and if you're doing Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's has pizza sauce, and they also have the vodka sauce, uh, spaghetti sauce, or uh, what do you call it, uh, pasta sauce. Both those are really good. And then usually what you'll do is you'll put garlic powder, not garlic salt. And though now I'll put garlic powder and... um some of their onion salt on there, and but just don't don't use any other salt. So I'll use those two things. Then so you take a sheet pan. So the first thing you do, I'm already ahead of it, is you take a sheet pan, and you get some olive oil in the sheet pan, and use a brush to spread it around. And then you put the uh, the lavash on there. Then you put I like to put some more olive oil on the lavash on the other side. Then I put the sauce on. And again, you could go no sauce, cream sauce. This is very flexible. Then you put this, so then you put the sauce. And then if you are doing a traditional tomato-based pizza, uh, then you want to put on, you want to put some garlic powder and some of the onion salt on there or onion powder and then your own salt. Uh, Just trust me, like those sauces just aren't going to do it. Like having some garlic powder on there. And I'm just saying a sprinkling to taste so if you've never worked with garlic powder or onion salt or onion powder, just a light dusting at first until you develop your, you know, until you get, to, and this is a recipe you could have every week or every other week or every month. I've I've just uh, been doing a lot of my own dough and stuff, so I don't like pizza dough, so I don't do this recipe very often anymore. Also, between 20... Probably like 2008 when I came up with it in 2016, 17, I had it like a lot. So I did get a little burned out. And then also Trader Joe's has their own, they have this new pre-cooked pizza, um, what do they call it, like pizza crust that's like a in their bread section that is also very good. It's a thicker one. So then, but this is a flatbread pizza. Okay, then you put your cheese on. And then any toppings, and then you put it in a blistering oven that's been preheated at like 500 for like 20 or 30 minutes, and it'll cook. Uh, and ideally, you're going for like a like a char, like almost a char on the edges, uh, but it'll cook pretty fast. But, but you, you'd be surprised how much heat that lavash can handle, especially when it's soaking in the oil. And so that is something I've had this year. Uh, the next one was 161, and it says pasta and tacos. And I'm guessing this one is like a like one of my ode to meatball ones, but I'm not like that's what I think it is. And so I don't know what the pasta was for this. Maybe it was two different like two meals. That's probably what it was. 
because I probably didn't think I'd be making this podcast. And I, if I, if I would have known that, I would have only done one. I, I would have split this into two episodes. So I'm guessing that 161 was like a cream pasta with a like so a heavy cream pasta, heavy cream parmesan, and bacon sauce with a, like a tortellini pasta herb. So it's like. Uh, I think that's what it is. If it isn't, I'll do that as an episode. But you uh, basically you have tortellini, cook the tortellini, you undercook it by two minutes or a minute based on the instructions and rinse it in cold water so it's not cooking anymore. I guess I'll just do a couple of these because I'm not going to get through all these. But so, And then what you do is uh, you take uh, bacon, which is already cooked, or you could cook it... Uh, You'd have to drain the, the, but then you cook, you take olive oil, a couple tables, a tablespoon or two of garlic, fresh garlic chopped. Uh, oh no, you don't do the garlic first. You do um, some basil and some fresh basil and fresh parsley chopped uh, in the olive oil. Just quickly put it in there. Then add the garlic. Do This is just a warning that I gave on the show. Do not overcook the garlic. Be very careful on that. And then I don't know the like off the top of my head, but then you put in heavy cream and Parmesan. I think that's it. You put some hot pepper in there. Then you add the bacon, though. Uh, And then you kind of like the Parmesan. You don't actually even have to reduce it very much because then you put the pasta back in. And because the pasta still needs two minutes, it'll soak up enough of the cream to where uh, it'll become a thicker sauce. So that's that one. And then the tacos one is something I just had like two weeks ago or a week ago, which is like, so there's a very, I think it's a very American recipe, which is ground beef tacos. And you get the mix for 99 cents and then you uh, you brown your ground beef, you add the mix, you add some water, maybe some tomatoes or something. You simmer it and then you serve it in taco, you know, hard tacos or whatever. That's like a, it's a meal, a staple from my childhood. But one thing you can do, uh, and then you can do this on the grill uh, in the summertime, is instead, so let's say you're going to do a pound. You say, okay, so you take your pound of ground beef, you take your um, taco seasoning, and you could even just do that. You just put the taco seasoning in and then knead it in with your hands and then make meatballs, and then either fry or grill those meatballs. But you could also add in some breadcrumbs or some eggs as a binder. Or this time I added a tomatoes. Now I did two pounds of two different kinds of ground with different, you know, fats to kind of spread it out. Uh, two things, two different, like a low sodium and then a, ra- a spicy taco seasoning, and then a can of uh, fire... Uh, uh, tomatoes like with a little bit of extra seasoning in there and then i kneaded all that together and then i formed those into th- this time i formed them into more logs because it was an experiment but in when i did that recipe it was just meatballs and then again you could grill those indoors or outdoors i think at the for that recipe i was grilling them indoors on a um cast iron grill on the stove which makes the whole apartment stink but uh yeah, and then you serve it just like you would a ground beef taco, but instead of like being simmered in uh, 
water, it's everything's in there. So sometimes you got to make sure because it is ground beef. So you say, okay, you could you don't have to cook it? Um, like you can cook it more like where you're getting a crisp on the outside and then the inside, you don't have to do it well done. You could do it medium well, or you could, you know, you could cook it all the way, the pink out of it. And so, yeah, I had that, uh, and actually like it it really is flexible. So I had it, we had it for dinner, then we had it for lunch and then we had it with a daily harvest bowl for I had it for two lunches, like where I just cooked, put the ground beef in, and then some beans, and then the daily harvest bowl. So those were great. Uh, then uh, two episode two, so that was episode one sixty one. Then episode two oh two, it looks like was uh, olive breadcrumb pasta. So this is a really good one. Everybody, a lot of people have had breadcrumb pasta. I think it was popular in like twenty fourteen. Uh, but what I'll do is I'll cook some chicken thighs ahead of time, either on the grill or whatever. You could poach them or bake them or fry them, pan fry them. Uh, but you want them cooked to, to, to finish. And then you also prep your pasta, like your spaghetti. And again, drain that. Make sure it's not cooking. And then you just take your bowl. You want to hold some. I think in this one you do want to hold a little bit of pot, reserve some pasta water. But basically, again, you, 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 it takes some olive oil, saute, saute some garlic. This is just from what I can remember. Uh, so I don't know if you do anything else. Then you put breadcrumbs, you toast the breadcrumbs for a minute. Uh, then I toss the chicken in there, chopped up. Uh, uh, then, uh, oh, then I put in a ton of olives, like really good olives, like kamikata or whatever, however you say that, uh, you know, chopped up too. And then you put the pasta in, maybe some pasta water, olive oil, and that's it. And then it, that's a delicious meal, too. And I had that this year within the last few months. Grilling with gooseberry, I'm assuming we made, like, a, this is before I went back east uh, one time in the summer. So we probably made Italian sausage and um, salt potatoes. Salt potatoes are like a new, like Italian sausage was like a staple of my childhood. Because, uh, I don't know, where I grew up in central New York, there was just a lot of, uh, like, like different, just, I don't know, it was just quality. Uh, like, we we would get them, there was, like a, like, a German place that had good Italian sausage and then an Italian place that had good Italian sausage. And so, uh, and also, so, and then salt potatoes are a kind of potato that's, uh, like, from central New York uh, that we grew up on, which is, like, a small... Uh, like one of those small potatoes. I don't know what you call them. And then you, you basically are like like boiling them in salt, uh, salt water, like your homemade salt water. And then you have them with drawn butter. So not exactly healthy, but very delicious, very very delicious. Uh, then uh, Worcester Worcester sauce or cheddar bacon soup. Uh, and this is like actually like is based on recipe, but I think I changed it around enough uh, that I think like they make it in Disney World. Uh, at they serve it at their like uh, Canada restaurant, Canada Steak. But now they even you could get it on fries, poutine with this. But it's just like a, a like a creamy soup, like uh, with uh, cheddar bacon, uh, roux, 
Like, I think you start with the make it roo, I, I would presume. Like, roo, 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 sing roo. That, that's like a song that my daughter loved when she was a kid. Um, But, uh, like, so you make a roo, which is like, butter, I, I think this is it. Uh, like, uh, your aromatics or whatever. So you have carrot and uh, celery, maybe, and then butter and flour. Then you add the cream in, and then it thickens. Then you add the bacon, cooked bacon in. I think this one had, like, beer, so you could use, like, N.A. beer. And then you probably reduce it, uh, or maybe then you add the cheese in. And the cheese thickens it uh, after you, like, lower the heat. So that's another one. Then stuffing and mashed potatoes. This might have been... Uh, like a recalling of when I deep fr- we had a deep fried Thanksgiving one time. This was before I like in to 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 the like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen before I like stopped drinking. But uh, we deep fried stuffing, mashed potatoes, and turkey, and probably cran. I think we put cranberry sauce inside. And I don't think I think this one was just talking about how I make stuffing and mashed potatoes. Then right after it, so this is, like, interesting where I didn't spread it out because, uh, like, I probably was like, oh, like, uh, we did the lich, which was, like, a sandwich based it. This was my own recipe, but influenced by, I think, panini sandwiches or Giordano Brothers in San Francisco, uh, I think was what it was called, maybe. Like, they would have these big corned beef sandwiches with... uh, or you could get a pastrami. You could get anything, but it would have fries and coleslaw and an egg. And so it was my take on that. It was for this was for Super Bowl Sunday one year. I did the recipe, but uh, so for me it was like I love rye bread. So rye bread, either pastrami or corned beef, not fresh, like from the from the butcher or whatever. Uh, an egg, I would use a hash brown patty because it just makes it easier if you're doing it at home. Coleslaw, uh, but you don't, like, you need, a like, a coleslaw that has a low moisture. So either just a coleslaw without the mayo or a light, like, barely mayoed coleslaw. And I think those are all the ingredients. Oh, and cheese, of course, of course. And probably if I'm having pastrami, I want like a nice uh, Swiss. So that sounds delightful. Uh, then we switched to five thirty. So that was four eighty nine, and then five thirty seven. We did salad. Now I have no idea about that one, but I, I do consider salad pretty important. And just chopping up, and I you know I do like uh, I haven't been good about it lately. But I think this was probably my good. That's that's wild that it was like a four hundred episodes ago. But I think it's probably when I developed my salad style from TJ's. Which again, now that I've been scorned, or now that the world kind of changed, I don't go there as often. But I would buy, uh, like I did buy their bagged salads, but I would buy the cruciferous crunch and then a regular, uh, or not regular, but you know, like a more of like a like a like a different leafed salad, and those would be my bases. You mix like maybe two of the 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 lettuce base with a cruciferous crunch, and then add in other stuff. Uh, since then, I've become a big proponent of Trader Joe's has two different sun dried tomatoes, 
they have one in a bag, and then they also have one in oil. And either one or both, I, I love sun-dried tomatoes with salad. But yeah, they're just like having a salad, and I don't know how I stretched that one out, though. Uh, then it was 6.52. It was real-time under pressure. So again, it, like that was when I must have... Uh, I think this was when I first got my Instapot, but maybe I'd had it for a while. And that was like probably, corn, I think we made cor- corned beef for like dinner in that. And and I, I don't know, it's been a while since I made corned beef in the Instapot. And I don't know if I ever got that recipe to where I liked it. Uh, or maybe that one was it. I, I don't know. Like, uh, So that's a question I just don't have the answer to. Okay, then 7.36 was uh, uh, Patox, real-time Patox. But I don't think I had Patox, so, so that was like a must have been a curry-based recipe. But I don't know what we were making. Was it like, because uh, I'm trying to picture it in my head, because I don't think I had Patox, which is a kind of curry paste, or they also make simmering sauces. I did find a couple local places that have it. I think you can also order it uh, online. And I got into Patox because back when I had a job, I think, um, who's that guy? Jamie Oliver. He, he He's big into it. Maybe he was the one that introduced me to it. And then uh, at, for a very brief time when I worked for the county, it wasn't my job to go to restaurants that imported a lot of ingredients. Uh, to to do this one kind of check, uh, but I did do it once, and I remember I bought a ton of patoks while I was there. Uh, it's just a good, really well-made uh, curry paste that's easy. You know, you can make your own, and they have a selection. So you say, okay, this is the kind of flavor I'm looking for. So that was some sort of curry. Then, then 756 was real-time broth, uh, so that's right where I was talking about bone broth, but not making my own. But different things you could use bone broth for that you would have been making anyway. It's so funny that I remember the the older episodes way better. So that's what I mean. This, these are when I was saying, okay, what am I going to do a real-time recipe episode about? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to think of like, a, I mean, I guess, yeah, noodles, uh, anything. I guess I'm always picturing my Instapot, but maybe I was used to talking about just using broth for, uh, I'm sure there was something I had that was a go-to broth recipe. They said, oh, yeah, use bone broth in this, uh, even using it in ramen. So maybe it was a ramen recipe. I don't know. That's a good question. It was only 150 episodes ago, and I don't remember. Also, shout out to episode 433 which was real-time wall bed assembly. So that wasn't a recipe, but that was when I bought a Murphy bed for my daughter, which we no longer have. Uh, so I think I probably talked about that, but uh, I mean, we haven't had it for a few years, but so 433. So that was like, uh, I don't know what year that was, probably 20, I don't know, 2016, 2017, 2015, let's see, 20. 14 would be 150, 2015, 2016, so 2016, I guess. But so I bought her a wall bed, like a Murphy bed, uh, because uh, 
like at the time we were living in this one bedroom apartment. So she had a bedroom and then I slept in the living room with a divider up. Uh, this is when I was like, this was most of the time I was making the podcast. Uh, but so, and her bedroom wasn't huge. And I said, okay, well, like, how are we going to have room to play and, you know, do stuff? Well, maybe I buy a wall bed and then if we move somewhere else, we could use it. Um, and ended up not working out as well as I would have thought because of a couple of things. So if you're ever in the market for wall bed, one, there's not a lot of companies that make them. And like, I mean, other than like, if you're in a position of, you know, sky's the limit, you're in great shape because you probably buy a bespoke one or there probably are really high quality ones. But beyond that, for like like regular people, it's like, oh, there's not really that many options. And then even the options, uh, they're just not like for the price and then the quality of the materials, it just doesn't match up. Uh, and so that was one thing. And so then it looked good when it was close, but it wasn't you could never close it fully. Like if the bed was fully made and the pillows were in it, you could like, uh, so if you're already in a, if you're buying it cause you're in a small apartment, like the one thing we would have to do is take all the pillows out and then stuff all the blankets and then we could get it closed. Uh, but, uh, so I don't know, we just didn't end up closing it as much as we would have wanted just because like, uh, we just didn't have the space. So I don't know. And then. When we moved, we measured, we moved, uh, the place we moved to, the bedrooms are in the basement or the, like, uh, and it's just a weird thing. It's like, uh, like, uh, kind of part of a hill or something. So there's a basement with just two rooms and those are the bedrooms. It's, but the really, the ceilings are really low. They're not normal size ceilings. And so when I measured it, I mean, they're not super low. We don't have to duck down. But, like, uh, I could touch the ceiling, no problem. So the b- wall bed was too tall, wouldn't have fit in. There just wasn't the clearance for it. It would have been taller than the, the ceilings in our current place. So then I had to sell it on Craigslist, and that was, like, literally, like, I was trying to, like, re- like sell it for, like, 50% of what I paid for it because it wasn't that old. And then the person didn't bring any tools and... uh I tried to sell it as is, and and then so it ended up. I said, oh, I thought they would take it apart, and they said, no, no, you got to take it apart with us. So it was like a three or four hour ordeal. But the episode, but all that aside, it was a great memory having a wall bed, and the the dream's still alive. Like one day, a dream of having the wall bed with all the fixings, you know, where you just pull it down and the pillow. I mean, I guess there's no way to keep the pillows there realistically anyway. And then I was also always worried. I said, this thing is like, I put it together. I was pretty confident in my putting it together. But I said, I don't know if this thing is like, uh, uh, and then I wondered if I was going to get, because you have to like secure it to the wall pretty good. I don't know. So there's a, but the episode came out really good. That was another one people loved is like putting something together in real time. And I've always dreamed about doing more of those. Uh, but I just haven't bought a lot of stuff, uh. Like, I think the last few things I bought, yeah, where I was like, oh, I could do that as, like, a put-together. Like, most of the stuff I get from Ikea, and even then I haven't bought anything, you know, since, uh, probably since then, other than a couple of plant stands. So one day we'll do more. 
real-time assembly because those are one. And then the last episode we did was 841, so 60, 59 episodes ago, Red Curry and Jasmine Rice. Uh, and I guess that was with my old Instapod, uh, which I could talk about for a second. But, um, yeah, I love making rice in the Instapod, and curries are really good. Anything you're going to make with liquid is going to come out really good uh, in the in, um, Instapod. Just delicious. So that's another one that I really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, so Instapod, uh, Instapod passed on to the big farm. So I guess I got in whatever, 20-whatever. And it was kind of my fault. Like, uh, I was trying to do this technique. I'd been using it all day. And I know what happened was like it overheated, like because I was like I did like multiple sautés after uh, pressure cooking something. And when I say multiple sautés, I was trying to reduce uh, uh, so something. So I probably did like thirty, like like for thirty minutes to an hour. When I should have just reduced it afterwards on the stove. Um, and then it just shut down, and then so I just like overloaded the circuits. I did have a great interaction with the Instapot, but it was out of warranty, and they're like, "Yeah, it's not really fixable." So I did manage to get a used, like a re- one that was returned, like out of the box. So it all worked out. So I still have that Instapot, and then now I have like two tops and two two inserts. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, and, yeah, so that's a little bit about real-time recipe. Hopefully we'll have one coming out soon in the, you know, maybe like uh, nine, 940s to 960s again. And I appreciate you so much coming by and listening to me tell you about, uh, yeah, and just celebrate episode 900. Uh, I totally forgot that's why you were here. Thanks for coming over. And uh, let's cook something together soon, all right? Good night.